Jimelo Mutine on Life Happens weekdays 1 to 3 p.m. on SAFM. We decided to come out to the city of Tuane today and broadcasting live in the streets of uh, Tuane and we are in Church Street. Um, there is a center here called Copano Magnano and uh, they essentially allow people to come in, take a shower, uh, leave their belongings. They also feed the people. They give them one hot meal a day. And I'll tell you what, I was part of that soup kitchen. It's not even a soup kitchen. Uh, sometimes they serve soup, but today we were giving them, it was rice, um, some vegetables and mince, some potatoes as well and they are handed a beautiful plate, they're handed a spoon. What came through for me with, with what I witnessed was the sense of dignity it gives them. And so the idea that you know there must be chaos with people who are hungry. Everybody was lined up so orderly. Everybody was, was, was patient. Everybody knew that there's a register to sign. And the idea that it was going to be chaotic because people are hungry wasn't that at all. There was orderliness, there was, there was structure, there was dignity. There was something quite profound about seeing someone feeling like somebody cares and, and someone treating them like they see them. There was something quite profound about that. So that's what we're doing here. Um, we're really trying to assess the situation of the homeless in this country. What sparked this is this the, the spate of killings in Tswane that we saw a couple of weeks ago where we believe there was a serial killer in the loose who was murdering the homeless. And we wanted to know what causes that. Why do you think they were targeting the homeless? We don't obviously have those answers at the moment. But what we can do is to try and understand the plight of the homeless and we are starting in Pretoria we're in Pretoria but you know the homeless are everywhere so I decided to also head to Cape Town we'll do this via phone Daniel Deliberto is a founder of Letters of Love in Cape Town which I found to be one of the most heartwarming stories Daniel thank you very much for joining us hi hi thanks for having me so how did this all begin? You were running a restaurant. One day you decided maybe a nice cup of tea would be nice for the homeless. And then what happened? Um, well, I was, on a, I was on a breathing and meditation course uh, through an organization called The Art of Living. And um, on that, we, we had to go out and serve the homeless people a, a cup of tea. And um, so on that particular day, I managed to arrange a pot of soup through the restaurant instead because I wasn't doing the course very far from from the restaurant. And instead of the tea, we went around the city serving the homeless people. And um, also during that course, we were we were being taught about a Sanskrit word called fever, which means giving of yourself, wanting absolutely nothing in return. And, and so part of our fever that day was to go and serve the homeless people. And when all that happened, it just so easily clicked into place and um, I just never looked back. I cooked that pot of soup and from then on, it was July 2014, um, I just never looked back. We went uh, from serving 70 people, 70 meals a week, 70 to 100 meals a week. We're now doing over 2,000 meals a week at the moment. Sure. You know, we, we were hearing service. reports... Yeah, we were hearing reports about how the city is finding the homeless in Cape Town. Your yes. experience with the homeless in Cape Town, I mean, what is life like to be in, on the streets of Cape Town? It, I mean, my sense is that, you know, Cape Town just doesn't want to see them. 
No, you know, it's, 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 it was really surprising to me as well because, you know, I, I, um, the, the city of Cape Town did a wonderful thing by creating a safe space for the homeless people to sleep at night safely. And then the next thing they went out and, um, and started finding the homeless people, which was a very strange thing. You know, I've been working with the homeless for a very long time. And uh, the homeless is a very complex situation. It's not just a simple mm. situation that the guys are going to get off the street. And mm. I think where everyone is struggling is that we're not accepting that homelessness is here to stay. I think that is our biggest challenge, is that people don't realize that. If we can shout and scream, we can perform, we can do whatever we want. Homelessness is a situation around the world, and it's not going anywhere. So we need to change our way of thinking and saying, okay, how can we make homelessness better for everyone? And I think uh, I think the city of Cape Town is struggling with that. I think everyone is struggling. I, uh, honestly, the spying situation, I don't know where it came from, why it came about, um, but it, it, it's... Uh, I, 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 on the one hand, I try and see they're trying to keep it balanced and, you know, um, stop um, from the uh, tents coming up around the city and, 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 and we get that. But we, we can't go around finding people. It's how do we make it better? How do we make it work for everyone? Uh, so, I it, mean, it is a challenge. With the experience you've had, how do we make it better, Danielle? You know, there's no, there's no... There's no ABC steps or one, two, three steps. This is how we do it. Um, I, I believe, I feel that I think if we, like for example, if soup kitchens make homelessness mm. better, it keeps the guys fed, um, it keeps them less aggressive. I, I, you know, if, if soup kitchens weren't around the city, what do you think would happen? They're not going to get off the street. They, they purely, they're going to become more aggressive, more desperate that probably turn to crime. So if you, if you look at soup kitchens, that makes homelessness better. Um, I have a, an idea of maybe creating hubs around the city where they can keep their belongings, where they can mm. maybe have a shower, where they can keep their, a, a spare set of clean clothes, where they can wash their clothes. So you have these mm. hubs around the city that they, their stuff is safe. And then these guys are walking around, they, they're more clean. They're wearing clean clothes. Um, they shave them. So they feel better about themselves. And if they can feel better about themselves, maybe they'll start thinking better and, yeah. and behaving better and, you know, trying to become a part of society that is more acceptable for everyone. You know, so, Danielle, so that is my thought process. Yeah. But will it work? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm going to allow you to stay on the line because I okay. do have somebody else who's calling from Cape Town. Maybe they want to speak okay. to you. KGM in sure. Cape Town, hi. Good afternoon and good afternoon to your guest and, and the listener. Let, let, me, let me just give you a quick background of uh, having been a, a homeless person in Cape Town. Um, hear it from, from a person who has experienced it as, as opposed to the officials or people that have never experienced it. Um, the, the contradictions of Cape Town is that um, as, as much as people would love to believe that it's a, it's a mother city, it's, it's beautiful, and all the things that comes and goes with it, when it comes to the people on the streets, which I'll tell you now that 90% of them, and I was one of those, we were not in the streets by choice. Now, there's nothing as painful as being, uh, you know, put in the same bracket 
because there's a few that uh, um, um, have malice in terms of the reasons of being in the street, then everybody else is bottled into one. But what you as the media are not doing is this. You, you wait until something so-called terrible in the eyes of the media happens. But there's an abuse that has been there. I mean, I was there in the streets for about eight months. And I can tell you the harassment that we had from the, the police and the law enforcement officers generally. A situation where you, you are not allowed to be in the street, even when you're not doing anything. Just walking in the streets, you'd be beaten up, you'd be taken to some excluded places where you are going to be assaulted, abused. And you go back to the same law enforcers, uh, the police themselves, you report them to themselves. You must remember, when you're in the streets there, you don't have access to the information like uh, IPIT, for instance, where you are aware that you can go and report cases to, to IPIT. You have no idea. All you know is the police. Now, media needs to not wait for certain cases to happen. You need to go out there. Investigative journalists need to go out there and get the real stories, get the real people who are on the streets. I don't even qualify anymore because I'm... I'm I left a long time ago. I was lucky to get out of it while I'm still alive. But I know cases where people were brutalized by the, the law enforcement. And, and, and with the, the, the officials, they'll always talk nicely about these things. But I can tell you, if you guys were to go underground, undercover, you will uncover a lot of things that are not spoken about. Uh, my response to you, my response to you, KGM, is that this is what happens. You know, uh, a few of us try, and then you come and you bash us. That's fine. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure whether your anger is directed at me or whether your anger is directed at all of us. I think all of us need to take responsibility. It's um, you know. Can I say something similar? Go ahead. No, go ahead. That's why. No, that's why you're still on the line. Yes. I'm not. I'm not bashing. And when I say mm-hmm. you media, I'm generalizing. Of course, mm-hmm. we acknowledge and accept the, the few that are doing a, a, a wonderful a wonderful job of trying to uncover and expose what is going, the, 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 the atrocities that are, are happening. But what I'm talking about is the, the, the general media. For instance, Tim, if, if you look at the way we, we present the stories in this country, there are stories that uh, media is prepared to spend millions and, and millions of, of rents to make sure that it's exposed. But there are also stories that are just ignored. And, and of course, yes. I acknowledge and appreciate uh, SAFM to, to have this kind of a program so that people like me can come up and talk about it. But there's more that needs to be done, and we can surely do more together, collectively. Mm. It's, it's complicated when I KGM, and, and we, you know, it's, we need to dedicate a show on, on the complexities of how media decides to do what it does. And it's not to say you're wrong, because it's exactly what's so complicated about it. It's how media chooses its stories, where, who gets attention, and so on. And I think you are onto a very interesting conversation. It is an important conversation. I commit for us to have that conversation, and, and we'll take it from there. But thanks for your, for your comments, and I do take that thank, as, thank as something to take to my colleagues as well. KGM, there in Cape Town. Danielle, I mean, (laughs) thanks for for doing your bit, you know, and and obviously we'll never do enough. We'll never do enough. And as you can hear, I mean, uh, KGM says he was on the streets. He obviously felt neglected and abused. And and we're going to get to that part of the story where the atrocities and the things that are happening on the streets are just some of them, they just really send chills down your spine. From from where you're sitting, how can we support you? You know, how do we support you there in Cape Town? Well, you know, it's 
you know, it's, it, it does cost money to run an organization, to feed people, to feed 2,000 meals a week. And, and we are trying to expand our footprint because we also work in four schools at the moment where we feed underprivileged children. Um, so, so, of course, money, money, monetary donations are always the best because, um, you know, we can put that money to where we need it. But, of course, also we, we, we have donations of food, non-perishable foods, um, which definitely helps. And, and then we've, we've also become a very popular volunteering um, choice where a lot of volunteers come and uh, they just come to our, our soup kitchens because we've made it easy for them to come, spend an hour, serve the homeless guys. And, um, and, and they really enjoy it because like, we do try and restore a bit of dignity. We, 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 we treat them as human beings and not as homeless people. So our food is fresh, and, and it's just wonderful to see how the volunteers come and, and give of their time. So, you know, anything. We are an organization that relies on donations. So um, anything like that will help us keep going. But, um, Thanks also, so much you know, for... Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. No, no, that's it. Yeah. And spread <laughs> awareness. I, I think the media can spread the awareness that we need to change our way of thinking towards homeless, mm. homelessness. Danielle Deliberto, who's a founder of Lettles of Love, they are in Cape Town and they try and feed the homeless. They try whatever it is that they can do to, to try and make the, the situation a little bit better. You spell that as in Lettles, as in L-A-D-L-E-S of Love. If you have something to share, we are so willing to take whatever it is and get it to them so that they can continue the wonderful work that they're doing. Let's go quickly to Sebastian in Cape Town. Hi, Sebastian. Yes, good afternoon to you and uh, all praise to your guest for his extremely valuable contributions. You mentioned the city of Cape Town uh, basically finding the homeless people under its bylaws and the excuse for this has been that they have to enforce the bylaws, especially where complaints have been made. However, you have to actually look at this in the context that it's been, they are being selective in which bylaws they actually enforce and who they mm. actually persecute. There are other bylaws which actually benefit much better off people um, who should be paying more in rates than they are, and the city just basically ignores this. If you, if you give me a, a few seconds, I can just illustrate this. Um, there's a bylaw that in blocks of flats, people who are holiday letting their flats need to have a permission because this can cause a nuisance to neighbours. Uh, but the city has not been enforcing this bylaw, even though complaints have been made. So all these people have been uh, making fortunes out of holiday letting. And at the same time, they've been playing, paying the residential rate, um, rates, which are basically less than, slightly less than half of commercial rates, uh, which, mm. and they should have been paying commercial rates purely because the city hasn't forced its own bylaw and registered these people. Now, all this um, underpaying of rates has been at the expense of the city losing revenue, and that revenue have, could have gone to the homeless. So there's mm. basically discriminations in which the, the way in which the city enforces its bylaws, and these discriminations have seemed to have favoured the rich over the poor. 
Listen, Sebastian, uh, you know, you know, uh, it is how it is. Generally, the, 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 the poor are the ones that get their wrath, you know, and, and it is a tough one, as you said, you know, that there are more police people than others. And this is exactly the example of that. Thanks very much for that take, Sebastian. Refreshing to, uh, take on, on the situation there in Cape Town. As we, as we know, we've been told that the, the city of Cape Town finds the homeless. And it's a complex situation. I'm, I'm in studio now. I'm sitting in a, we've gone into a little, um, OB van. We call it an outside broadcast van. And I am with two gentlemen here, Debojo Mbofane, who is, who himself was homeless for 11 years. And uh, he is, I think, a pillar of this particular um, center that we're at today. And then Joel Manyepu as well, who's a person for the, who's a chairperson of the Swana Homeless Forum. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me. No, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Sure, Debojo. You know, it's been, I mean, I don't know whether to laugh or cry it's it's quite something you know you you're doing amazing work here and and i look at the people that are literally as we were with you everybody's pulling you left right we need this from you we need that from you the need is great isn't it a lot a lot so you were one of those people you were in the streets for 11 years yes i was what had what had brought you to the streets okay one uh, all the way from rustenbeck came to pretoria that was 98. Uh, I was in Pretoria Technicon before TUT. So from a very un, not just life, uh, I ended up being hospitalized where I was diagnosed with a back, lower back problem. Mm-hmm. So I stayed around, stayed on in Pretoria. So because from the village that I come from, hospitals or facilities to, to help with that are very, they were very scarce by then. Mm-hmm. So I figured I might as well be around here and get be near to the Steve Biko and your your your, your clinics ah. so that's like fast forward down the line the concrete jungle becomes a sponge and it sucks you in and you even forget what the, the main reason why I, want you're you, I want you to take me there to take me to the day when you first slept under the stars what happened how did you eventually find yourself on the streets of Twan the mo- <laughs> I can't believe I, I can't even really forget that day it it i finally uh depleted all the funds that i had mm-hmm. and i was promised this uh this cuban students the doctors were coming to to see me and give me some something to soothe the pain because the pain that i was feeling was a serious it was a serious pain so i waited at the line and they told me i am postponed i mean they, i am I'm rescheduled for this the, the hospital. that's the hospital because of this and that and that. So I had to like survive for a week. No money. The only fare that I had, I had to use to cover the week. So I ended up the day after, I remember it was a Sunday. I ended up not, the friends that I thought I had and people that I knew, they were already enough with me and my excuses and this and that. And I found a place right here in Church Square and it was still it was september so it was not cold so there was a bench and somehow i I fooled myself that i'm not homeless i'm sitting at the bench until the morning and i sat on that bench for two months so the what whatever they say they took him they take him blood and this and that and 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 fast forward you lose hope you lose a lot of hope and because of the pain you you end up you are on medication at the time yes what uh, are you eating while you take the medication? yes so now the the medication that i was on was only like 
painkillers. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted the root cure if mm. it is there. So now the only way that one can numb the pain while you're on the street is taking substance. So fortunate enough for me, like I told you, I didn't take illicit drugs. I was doing my black label and my, my cigarettes. How are you buying the black label and the cigarette? Well, I'm a very outspoken person. People even complain about my charms. So I will sit at a bar and I'll sit with people with wearing ties and whatever because you have most of the time to watch the news. When they come back from work, you are now the anchor of the day and they will buy you stuff and you start, they start liking you and said, ah, you're not the same as them. And if they only knew, like, they are champion or, or they are label. So at the end of the day, that, that's how I got. Do you tell people you're homeless when you're homeless? No, you don't do that. So, so what, what? you you don't say you're homeless because yes. homeless now you stigmatizing yourself yes. as in like I am now a hobo because uh-huh. that's why they call them and yeah. I'm I'm advocating about that now. No one is a hobo. Everyone has a name because yes. no one is working at home affairs to give people names like hobo. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you don't you really don't even give them a slight that after they leave you, you're going around the corner and you sleep in there. And believe you me, it fast forward. You end up on the street six months down the line. You even forgot why you're there. You're always drunk every day. They always leave you with a 20 rand that tomorrow morning you can buy whatever and you become addicted to it. It becomes somewhere a part of you. Nothing in you says you need to go home. By that, I, I, I won't. No, there's nothing. And believe you me, Pimelo, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm self-righteous or, mm-hmm. or I'm this perfect person or whatever. Yes, survival is there. There are people who give you this... Because of, I'm a second year dropout at Pretoria Technical doing IT. People will say, go pay this for me. Go do these errands for me. And, 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 and I'll go do that and they'll give you something mm-hmm. at the end. And that becomes some sort of a system for you for survival. I've seen some of my guys that I slept next to at mm-hmm. night. They had to go through, some of them were here. They had to go through bridges and whatever to collect a box or something. Some of us will go ask them for a blanket for someone. So listen here, there's a person I know who needs a blanket. Do you have extras at your home? They'll say, yeah, I'll give you. And that's for me. Then I'll sleep a bit comfortable on the, on the, on the pavement. Why is it that going home was never an option? Because you've just said you no. were able to to gather some money here and there. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a smart man. You can switch to talk mm-hmm. your way through, through life. Okay, it's, it, it becomes like this. One, I, I, I know a lot of men are going to shoot me for this. We have this ego. Mm. I'll never leave home with zero and come back with zero. You know what, Tebucho? I'm so glad you brought that up because countless number of people that I've been talking to here today, most of them, they just don't have it in them to go back home like this. No. Many of them can go back home, but their dignity, they're all saying, I can't go back home like this. Exactly. I I, sh- I want to go home, but in a better condition. I want to be, I want to make my family proud. I can't have my family see me like this. That is heartbreaking. It is. It is. It is. Because now remember this stigma is another thing. Yeah. You become so stigmatized because while you are on the streets blinded, by whatever is covering you on the street, your drunkenness and your whatever, someone from where you come from is going to see you and, this go, is it? and go back home and tell them, we saw him, he, he looks like a ashtray. And then the news going to come to you that they saw you back home. Then you'll want to try harder while you know you're digging yourself deeper into the streets and nothing comes your way.
That and more. We'll continue our conversation. We are in the streets of Twane and we are delving into the life of the homeless. I am at the center called Gopano Manyano and uh, the person that you've been hearing from, his name is Debuho Mpufane and he, I think, runs this place, so to speak. You know, there's a founder and then there's a person who actually runs the place. That's the guy. And 11 years on the streets and he's just giving us a small glimpse of the life he had on the streets and how we're going to go on to discussing how he's helping those like him when he was in the streets. It's now 2.30. Let's have the conversation. WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. We continue our live broadcast and I do want you to take part in this conversation 0891-104-207 and I'm joined in our little uh, vehicle by Joel Manyepu who is a chairperson for the Twine Homeless Forum and uh, earlier on we were also having a conversation with Debo Hompfani who really is running the center that we're at there, our host here today, Kopano Manyano and uh, as I said to you, you know what they do here is to feed the homeless they give them some uh, some space for their belongings they allow them to also uh, have space where they can shower where they can wash their clothing and so on so uh, a, a really organized situation here and uh, as I said Copano was in the streets for 11 years and you know before we we move on Copano I beg your pardon <laughs> I beg your pardon Copano Manano is the center Teboho is who I'm speaking to Teboho I mean, there are there are good moments in the streets, aren't they? I mean, there's there's love that happens in the streets. There is laughter that happens in the street. Life happens on the street, right? Definitely. Tell uh, me how. Uh, here's the thing: like at the moment where I am in life, where the Almighty has put me in life now, I'm able to school people about homelessness. Homelessness has got its own culture, its own tradition. We, if, if we have a new member in our crew who's there, we, we organize a bit of, we call it the pop sack by then. <laughs> and, and we go what and is, we toast. It's, it's like this cheap wine in, in, in a foil. Oh, and, and we all chill there. If someone's family passes on or yes. something, you will see the sadness. And, and we sit there and, and we converse. There's times when we talk politics more than parliamentarians. And you will hear issues coming out because homelessness is just, is just a, a veil. So behind that veil is the normal person, that IT technician, the civil engineer, and they are on the streets, a professional teacher. And it's, only not, it's not male only, there are females as well. So there's a lot of dynamics on the street. And today, some of the guys were given there's these beautiful health packages with sanitary pads inside. You know what's going to happen? They're going to go to the ladies who are on the streets and give them. Because there's nothing we can do with them. So the fun parts come Copano Manano, December. When, when all the other NGOs, no offense, they close, they went home. And we hear, you find a queue of over 1,007 people here. And when you give them that plate, when you give, you gave me that plate, that's when I really miss home. Some of that plate, that, that normal plate can, is, is somewhere when a person reaches the crossroads. That's it. Does, does, does that instill something? So let me bring you in here, Joel, um, where 
you've been in touch with these people, you understand their plight. What, what needs to happen? What's the turning point? You know, the was just saying that plate sometimes is the thing that reminds you of home in December, maybe mm. only in December. So, what then happens? Do you go home, or why? Wh- why do some leave and some don't? How come you went off the street? How can Joe? Yeah. How, did, how, how, how does it happen? <laughs> yeah, th- th- thank you very much for having me uh, once again. My surname is Mayepu. Yes. Um, as Teboche has said, that um, homelessness is just a veil. And behind that, it's a human being who's got a background. And um, the only thing that we need to do as people working with people that are homeless is to listen and listen and again listen. What are you hearing when you listen? When we listen, we hear what is behind this homeless veil that Debo has talked about. And that is where we get guided by the very homeless people we're working with to say, I have an IT skill. And in our organizations, because as Homelessness Forum, as a chairperson, we, we came together as different organizations working with homeless people within the CBD currently. But we want to broaden that to other places within the metro of Tswane. So when, when we work with them, that's when we hear, and then we would then absorb them in our organization. As a chairperson, I am representing also Tswane Leadership Foundation. We, we will then absorb them. And it, this is not only men, because homelessness is mostly about men, because they are the mostly seen on the streets. But the women are also homeless, but we don't see them. And we all know that these women have been used, or some try to survive through selling you know, um, themselves to men so they can have money, put money on the, uh, in their pockets and put a plate on the table for their children. So this, this is exactly what we, we are doing. We listen and then we absorb them into job op- opportunities and create spaces also for them to volunteer. But there are also organizations that provide skills so that we can develop the homeless men and women with skills that they would prefer. And that actually it's taking them, it's another pathway that takes them out of homelessness. Because helping them in the streets for years, like Debuchol stayed for 11 years in the streets, but today he, he has got his pathway out of homelessness. And this is exactly our vision as Homelessness Forum. As organizations Let's talk about security on the streets. It's a problem. Um, and a caller earlier was talking about how we don't address the issue of security in the streets. Um, you are out there with a lot of uh, police um, officials in the city. The insecurity for the homeless, what are we going to do about that? Safety and security. <laughs> you, you, you. I, I, I wish you could have asked it directly since the, the, the... MMC? No, 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 no. The, the, the homeless murders that happened. Yes. Now, the security part. Yeah. To be honest with you, now I'm opening doors. As well, I'm part of the Chinese Homelessness Forum. Mm-hmm. The only way that the, the, a system of, of, of 
finally taking the homeless community through the last part, which is the reintegration process Mm -hmm. into society, is if we had a stable building. We're not saying we that building is going to be a one-stop shop, but for them to have a place where they can put their heads or sleep or something, there isn't security for them. Stigma is still high. People are still stigmatizing a... Because everyone who's dirty now on the streets, even if they don't even smoke nor drink, they're called nyaupe. Everyone is branding them in their own small knowledge way. So there isn't any security for the street homeless people. You were showing me the stuff that came through from various departments, government departments and so on. I, I mean, I was baffled by what you got because I, the little that I know is that some of the stuff that you got is absolutely useless, if not a waste of time or money, right? Where's the disconnect? You hear, you have government officials come here and they, you know, Mandela month is now, you are the flavor of the month, people want to look good. Where's the disconnect? They engage with you. Surely they should know what you require. Surely the police should know what the issues are. What's the problem? <laughs> I was quoting on, on, on newspaper about Mandela Day. And, and now instead of quoting me, I'm going to say it. Mm. This, this once of, of, of people gathering, coming out of their offices on this day, for them it's like an excursion. They're going to the zoo. They're, they're, they're going to, to, to feed them. And then after they back behind their tables, it's like a Christmas day. It's like this Bamisfa thing, and it ends there. For me, Mandela Day lost its touch a long time ago. Because now people are coming here, they call other people who don't know what to do with their goods and say, give, us, give it to us and we'll go and clean our consciences for ignoring these people who are just outside our offices on daily basis the ones that when we get to the robots that's when we know our windows have to be closed and they come here and they give whatever yes we're grateful there's a saying beggars can be choosers okay we're on live radio i can't tell you my opinion about this saying what what is going to make the city safer what is going to make life on the street safer how are you engaging with the police you are in contact with them all the time how are they going to make life safer for the homeless? The only thing is, uh, Joel said something, my chair said something about listening. Mm-hmm. Now, you're having people who are coming from a, a, a fairy tale background. They go from high school, they go to college, they get a job, they get a picket fence with a dog and a, and a car. Now they have to come here and work with people who they don't know anything about. So the thing now here is giving each other information, educating each other, knowing. That's why he said, listen and listen. So part of the law enforcement and them, God bless their souls, if they can take time and sit with us, those NPOs or NGOs who are in the, in the, in the trenches with them, that's when they can know how to handle a street homeless individual instead of take, calling them with one word or painting them with one brush. Are you getting support from the city? In which way? The, the financial support. Uh, on the city part, we, we financial part, no. Uh, and that question I, I wish you could ask to Joel. He, he's got the lingo for it. We as Copano Maniano, we don't get any... Fin- we're talking homelessness mm-hmm. we don't get any because there isn't any fund for social services social services is for other programs 
Okay. So I'm, I'm asking it. No, I am specifically sticking to homelessness. I know you've got other programs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm asking you this because, from my understanding, actually, if your NPO focuses specifically on homelessness, there is no government grant that will allow you to reach out to them there for homelessness. There isn't. As we speak, there isn't. You've got to camouflage yourself as something like. HIV and AIDS or everything else but homelessness. Exactly. So for the category of homelessness, there is nothing for you. There is zilch. Gentlemen, I've run out of time. I really appreciate the time that you've given us. Uh, will we continue our conversation? And I do want you to take part in this conversation on 0891 uh, Joel Manyepu, who's the chairperson of the Twani Homelessness Forum, and Debohan Pufani, who is also uh, somebody who's in the Twani Homelessness Forum as well as somebody who runs Kopana Manyano, uh, the center here that is hosting us for today.